أدري ما تراني ظلمة تغمرني يا رب الأرض ضاقت والسماء وقلبي ما عرف الضياء Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the third episode of this season. This episode is going to be a continuation of the second episode where we were talking about dua. Our inspiration for this episode comes from Suratul Duha, ayah number 5. And in this ayah, Allah tells us that And your Lord is going to give you and you will be satisfied. I promised to talk about the resistance that comes with a dua making. The ideology that maybe your dua is not going to be answered or maybe things happen not because of the dua you made but because they were just meant to happen. Which attitude do you have when it comes to dua? Do you believe, I mean truly believe that your dua is being answered? Do you believe that your dua is what caused a specific thing to happen? Or do you think it just happened because it was just meant to happen? Do you truly believe that the Lord of all alamin hears you and listens to you and actually answers your request? Just sit with these questions and try to internalize them. Do you really believe? For a long time, I don't think I really believed and even now, I think I'm still working on it because sometimes when I pray and that dua manifests in the back of my mind I have a tiny voice that tells me it was meant to happen that way anyway and I've had a lot of resistance when it comes to dua making and even in the reception of the idea that whatever that happened is as a result of the dua that I made I realized that I had a lot of resistance towards whatever that it is that I wanted. And most of the time resistance comes because you somehow think that you are undeserving of it. I want to ask you again a few questions. Do you think what you're praying for you're deserving of it? Do you think that maybe it's for other people and not for you? Is it at all possible for you to imagine yourself living in the end of your dua? And by that I mean as though your wish has been fulfilled. If you have answered yes to these questions, know that you're not alone. Many of us have this internal resistance towards what we want. And know that all of your wishes can still come true. Your duas can still be answered despite this resistance because The answering of your dua does not depend in any way shape or form with who you are or whatever that is inside your soul but rather with the kindness of your creator Our belief system may be flawed but Allah is perfect and he loves to hear you call him out and he loves to answer your dua So it's not our job to figure out the how our job is just to ask and to believe and to wait in both 
faith and hope. Another way of dealing with this resistance is to sit down and reflect and try to get a grasp of who it is you're conversing with. The same God you're conversing with is the same Rabb of Musa alayhi salam, is the same God of Ibrahim alayhi salam, is the same Rabb who split the sea for Musa when he asked him to. If making sincere dua is a foreign concept to you, or you just don't do it routinely, I would advise you to just start talking to Allah like you would a friend. Or instead of talking to yourself, just say, Oh Allah, I'm so tired. Or, Oh Allah, please help me on this. It's just eating me up. Just start talking to Him randomly. You may seem a bit crazy when you're mumbling things to yourself, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears you. And they're still du'as. In fact, Musa alayhi salam used to converse so much with Allah. And Allah has captured so many of these conversations in the Quran for us. Remember when Musa was fleeing, I think, Egypt. And then he went all the way. I'm not sure if it's Yemen. But he was fleeing because he had accidentally killed somebody. And he was so scared. And he was desperate. He didn't have anything with him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala organized in his perfect way that he met the daughters of Shu'aib alayhi salam. And they needed his help. And they didn't even ask for him to help, but he helped. And then he reclined and said, Indeed, I am desperate for whatever good you send me. And just like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard his dua and uh, the daughters of Shu'aib called him back to his father who offered him a job, offered him a wife, <laughs> offered him a family, offered him a place of refuge. So this is Musa salam who was given the privilege of talking to Allah directly. So what about you and me? Where do we fall in this? I want to read for you something beautiful. Here it goes. Once Musa salam asked Allah, O oh Allah, you granted me the honor and privilege of talking to you directly. Have you given this privilege to any other person? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replied, O oh Musa, during the last period, I am going to send an ummah who will be the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with dry lips, parched tongues, emaciated body, with eyes sunken deep into their sockets, with livers dry, and the stomach suffering the pangs of hunger, who will call out to me in dua. They will be much closer to me than you. O Musa, when you speak to me, there are 70,000 veils between, between you and I. But at this time of iftar, there will be not a single veil between me and the fasting Ummah of Muhammad wasallam. O Musa, I have taken upon myself the responsibility that at the time of iftar, I will never refuse the dua of a fasting person. Subhanallah. You can see how merciful our Lord is. Abu Huraira narrated the Prophet wasallam said, Whatever is prayed for at the time of breaking the fast is granted and never denied. We have a Rabb who loves to be asked 
and is shy of returning anyone who asks of him empty-handed. In Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 186, Allah says, And when my servants ask you, O Muhammad, concerning me, indeed I am near. I respond to the invocation of the supplicant when he calls upon me. So let them respond to me and believe in me so that they may be rightly guided. I want us to have this firm belief that Allah listens to our du'as. I mean really listens and he responds to each and every one of us. And du'as can change everything. In yesterday's khutbah, uh, the sheikh was saying the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Yaqub because of his du'as for Yusuf, even if Yusuf alayhi salam was dead, he would have brought him back to life because of just the du'as. And the sheikh went ahead and emphasized that there's no loss when making du'a. You either get what you asked for, exactly as it is that you asked, or you get something better, or Allah from his kindness protects you from something bad that would have reached you. Or his, he reserves whatever that you asked for until Qiyamah, where he replaces it with something unimaginable, way better than what you would have wanted here in dunya. Such that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepares everything for you in the Akhirah as a replacement for all the du'as that did not manifest, you will wish to come back and have all of your du'as not manifesting in this world. My earliest memory of du'a comes from way back. I think I was about six years old or something. And it's from our old ma'alim, meaning our Quran teacher back from Duxi. Duxi is just a Somali term for Quran class or madrasa, but more focusing on Quran. So our ma'alim was quite uh, quite a nice, nice human being, mashallah. Uh, from what I remember, he had a long beard. And he had this big grey jacket with big pockets. And he had really cracked heels. And he was very playful. We used to comb his beard on Fridays. And we used to pick at his cracked heels, asking him if he's feeling any pain. And he would just laugh. So as much as he was there just to teach us Quran, he taught us a lot. And I remember him teaching us about dua. And he used to make it sound so magical. And you know, as a six-year-old, you have that naivety of, of being a child. And that excitement and that zeal of hearing something new and wanting to implement it. So I remember he was teaching us about dua and uh, how to make our duas more maybe likely accepted. And I remember him saying the way you can use the special names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he told us about uh, Yahayu Yaqayum. I had never heard of that name. And I was told this is a special name that if you call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this, whatever that you ask, it's just going to get it for you. I took it literally as a treasure, something that I would just put it in my pocket and only pull it out when I really needed it. I remember the excitement that I had when I used to use this name because I never used to use it for any random dua just for really really special things really things that I wanted to just come immediately for example maybe if it's cloudy on aid and I want it to stop being cloudy so we may be able to go somewhere 
I would say, Yahayu Yaqayyum, that did not rain. And every single time I used this, it worked. Until I grew a bit older and then I realized that Yahayu Yaqayyum is just among the other names. And just like that, my belief system became flawed. And I stopped really believing. Another story that I remember, I think our Ma'alim is the one who told us, is about a fisherman who walked on water. I don't know if any of you have ever heard this story, but apparently there was a fisherman who was walking past another, just another madrasa. And we so happened to be told that it was somewhere in the coast. <laughs> so I don't know how true this is. But so the fisherman had the ustad saying the way if anyone is to ask Allah and to ask sincerely from him anything, then it will manifest and uh, he will get whatever he wishes. So that fisherman really wanted to get a lot of fish on that day. And it was a day when he would not ordinarily expect to yield much from his fishing expedition. So he went with this belief that if he prays and uh, he sincerely believes, then he will get whatever that it is that he wants. So there he was at the shore making dua that he be able to walk on water. And so he did. So he went all the way until the middle of the ocean and he fished all that he could fish and came back with a whole bucket of fish. And when he was asked about how he did it, he just said he had another ustad saying the way if you believe and ask from Allah, you can get. And so he believed and asked and he got what he wanted. And when other people tried to do this, it was not possible. So from this story, whether it's true or not, we realize that it is extremely important to believe. To have that strong belief in Allah, this is what makes the du'as come true. So from all this, what are we saying? We are saying that it is important to understand that your word, your du'a to Allah can change anything. And if you have doubts in this, I want you to do a small experiment. Next time you're in front of an elevator and you want to press to go to any floor and you just want the lift to open, just before the lift opens and after you've pressed the button, make a quick dua. Ask Allah, please let this elevator door open. And if it opens, because chances are it's going to open, then you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard you and answered. And the dua was maqbul. The elevator door opened. Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided that that elevator door would not open, then it would not open. So just do these small, small du'as of things that you know in your head 100% is going to work. Maybe you want to open a tap and water will come out. Just ask Allah for that water. And water comes out. That means you know for sure Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard you and accepted your du'a. You can even try it with switching on uh, lights at home. These small, small experiments will reinforce your belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can hear you and He answers all du'as. Because if Allah decided that He doesn't want that water to come out of that tub or that light to go on, it wouldn't. I want to end this episode here by advising you and I to maintain the attitude of Zakaria alayhi salam. 
when he said to his Lord, Never have I been in my supplication to you, my Lord, unhappy or disappointed. Let's maintain that attitude of happiness, that attitude of faith, the attitude of belief and hope that all of our du'as are answered because Allah loves to answer. He is Al-Mujib and He is As-Sami'ah. And with this, I end episode 3. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.